I had to take a lot of notes this week, but it's good. I'm, I'm pumped. I was really excited about this one because when we like discussed it last week, I was like, oh, this is like not really in my wheelhouse because I don't watch that much anime. I mean, like I watch some and I use, I really watch mainstream ones, mm-hmm. but I think my favorite anime right now is either Golden Kamui or Kakiguri on Netflix, but very excited about today's episode because my favorite anime of all time. Sailor Moon definitely played into this. So <laughs> it was fun to like go back and like watch episodes of Sailor Moon and be like, oh, this is my jam. Yeah, it's so wild to me that that anime is something that you can just turn on Netflix yeah. or whatever or Hulu and just be like, here, do you want it dubbed? Do you want it subbed? It's it's out the same day. It's out in Japan, because when I grew up in the 90s, it was so hard to come by. You'd have to wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and it would be on the Sci-Fi Channel or or it would be on right after the infomercials ended yep. and episodes would be out of order or the things would be missing or, or you'd go to the Blockbuster and rent the same half a dozen videotapes or something like that. So yeah. it, it still blows my mind that you can watch so much easily accessible for basically free now because... I still remember the days of mailing people concealed cash so they would send you videotapes. <laughs> you yeah, know? The, the fan dub. <laughs> the fan subs, VHS. yeah, I know that. That was, like, just a hair before my time. Yeah. Like, when I started watching anime when I was a kid, it was, like, a handful of out-of-order episodes that had gotten released by an underpaid localization team of Sailor Moon on, like, VHS. And so me and, like, my friend would rent like you said, the same like six episodes of Sailor Moon. Yeah, you want to talk about labor of love that like the people that did the fan subs, the people that distributed them, the people that went through the trouble of trying to find them and download them on their dial up connections and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's so wild now that anime is just a thing now. It's just everywhere. So I think we should talk about some Spider Man anime. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. Uh, and we're here to ask the question, was Spider-Man there? This is a fun little show that we put together because I don't know a whole lot about Spider-Man and Kat is the Spider-pedia. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, in that I am a person and I have Wikipedia. <laughs> in, that, in that Kat is a spider, actually. And it's been a great labor of love for her to record this podcast because she's very small. The microphone is so big. And it's really hard for her to read the comic books. Um, so we're going to burn out real quick on this. So uh, we want to know with Spider-Man there, we are looking at various unusual situations and tropes because I feel like everybody knows Spider-Man from movies and comic books, but maybe not from some of his more wild and crazy adventures. So our show comes in two parts. Uh, the first segment is called Elevator Pitch, wherein I give Kat a pitch for an idea for an original Spider-Man story, and Kat has ample time to research it, and then she will tell me if Spider-Man was there. Or uh, Spider-Man, toko desu ka? You see, and... <laughs> How many, how often have you met a bilingual spider? Really, how, can you can you even? Kat, do you want to uh, talk about the second half of the show? Uh, no. Okay, so um, Kat, what's our theme this week? 
Our theme this week is something I'm very excited about. Zeke's very excited about. Hell yeah. uh, it's Spider-Man Big in Japan. Hell yeah. So, which is to say that he is the size of Godzilla. <laughs> the radiation. <laughs> it's very different in Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know whose fault that is. <laughs> yeah, so Spider-Man Big in Japan. Uh, we're here to discuss if Spider-Man was in some cool scenarios in Japan. And Kat, I don't know if you're ready for this. I, I'm surely not. Okay. Good. So like I said in the intro, I pulled from my favorite anime as a child, Sailor Moon, for inspiration for this. So I like to imagine a young Peter Parker, maybe he's 14 or 15 years old because I'm really over old Spider-Man. I'm definitely not, but for anime purposes. Um, I'm definitely still under old Spider-Man. hey <laughs> Um... <laughs> So we're going to have to go back and retcon episode two where we talked about Todd Knock looking like Spider-Man. We'll have to... We can't ever let him get his hands on this. So, uh, young Spider-Man, he's 14. <laughs> this sucks. Spider-Man's 14. Um, he's not Spider-Man, he's just Peter Parker. He's in science class. He's in his Japanese cool school science class in the cool little school uniform. I don't know anything about Japan. And they're studying, like, spider webs and bioorganisms and stuff. And so they have, like, little, like, whatever, spiders in jars or something. And uh, Peter's jar gets knocked over and he's like, oh, no, my spider. And so he's, like, trying to save it. And a school bully comes along and tries to step on the spider. And Peter, like, puts his hand over the spider and he gets his, like, his little hand, like, crushed. Like, the bully steps on his hand. But in doing so, he saves the spider. So he's like, and the bully's like, haha, loser. But Peter, like, kind of saves the little spider in the jar. And he's like, it's okay. I'll make sure you're safe. But he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't, like, the bully's kind of, like, following him around all day. And he's like, "Uh." So he takes the spider jar home so that he can put the spider in his Aunt May's rose garden. And so when he releases the spider into the rose garden, he is called out to by this very beautiful, ethereal voice. And he turns around to see a beautiful, otherworldly young woman who's definitely royalty of some kind and she reaches out to him uh, and offers her hand and he takes it and she says thank you for saving me i am a princess from another world and to thank you for being so kind and honorable i will make you my knight and guardian and so she imbues him with magic powers and he becomes rose guardian spider-man and so he's like a uh uh, magical boy. He does the whole like he's late for school. He has toast in his mouth and then, <laughs> and then there's a bully like punching a cat and he's like oh and then it's like doo 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 Spider-Man and he's like holographic and then he's on the street and he's Spider-Man and he and he beats up the bad guys and the lesson at the end of the day is believe in yourself and you can do anything you put your mind to and the power of friendship. Always the power of friendship. And he and spiders and spiders <laughs> and he has a tiara that he can throw oh okay yeah. yeah yeah but it's like you know sailor moon's tiara is like arched and it looks like a like moon mm-hmm. his looks like a spider it's like got a bunch of arches on it it's like a weird little it's not good villains run yeah that sounds threatening yeah so maho maho shoujo i believe is what this category is called maho shoujo spider-man well i guess um, technically maho shonen maho shonen okay so uh, you have heard my incredible plot 
But Kat, I do want to know, was Spider-Man there in a rose garden with an ethereal princess and was he granted really cool magical boy superpowers? Okay, so I had a couple tacks I took on this and this did allow me to go and revisit some of my favorite Spider-Man media or media that Spider-Man has appeared in. Okay. And so one of the things in your plot that sort of called out to me was the transformation sequence. Yeah, and yeah. And that is definitely one of the hallmarks of anime. Of course. And to my knowledge, there is not a Maho Shonen Spider-Man anime. I would yeah. love to be wrong about this. Ha, ha, but, ha. <laughs> um, but there was recently a Marvel Avengers anime. The show is called Marvel Discourse Avengers. It came out in 2014. It was put out by Bandai. And it's kind of an Avengers meets Digimon show mm-hmm. uh, aimed, aimed at like six to ten year old boys. And me. And and Zeke specifically. (laughs) And in that show, there is a transformation sequence that some of the heroes have that's called the (laughs) (laughs) D-Smash. Why? We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, I believe the D stands for disc in this case. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it is very much that traditional, like, it's a summoning sequence. It's not a transformation sequence. But it is the same kind of hallmarks where, you know, the characters are spinning around and there's sparkles and there's like DNA things spinning and it's what 3D for no reason. But the idea of it is definitely taking the Marvel characters that you and I know and mixing it with a lot of anime tropes and making it marketable. Not that Marvel isn't marketable, but making it kind of more recognizable for a young Japanese audience. Okay. And the basic premise of that is that Tony Stark is working with an original character. Um, His name is Nozumu Akatsuki. Okay. And he's invited his two sons, Akira and Hikaru, to see the unveiling of this new disc system, which is meant to contain and help control villains. And this demonstration is being held on the raft, which... You played the Spider-Man PS4 games. That That's the uh, the super prison where they keep all the super villains. What? And I'm not sure why they invited all these civilians to come see this uh, unveiling on a prison. Like, couldn't they have done it somewhere else? But anyways. What? Okay. Um, so anyway, so they're at this, they're out on the raft. They're watching this unveiling. And then Loki shows up and does what Loki does and kind of hijacks the system. And so what ends up happening is that almost all of the heroes and almost all of the villains end up getting trapped in these discs. And like, are you talking about like a, like a DVD? Like more like a mini disc. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> they're, okay. so they're, they're little small things. And so Hikaru and Akira and then three other kids end up being able to summon some of the Avengers using the disc system. Uh, so that's kind of where the Digimon aspect comes in. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So they have some way in which to summon whoever. Yeah, there's a whole convoluted plot that, like, their DNA is matched to the system, so only they can use it, and, like, each one of them is paired with a different Avenger that they can summon on site. And so the remaining supervillains and superheroes that are out and about are kind of trying to fight for control of the discs so that they can use them to do their plans, because, like, obviously the superheroes are like, we need to get this shit under control, and the villains are like, if we just box up all the superheroes and send them to the bottom of the ocean. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Um, I mean, that's fair. And, and Spider-Man is there. Okay. 
but he is one of the few heroes that isn't trapped in the disc system so he doesn't get a cool transformation sequence oh man yeah he actually plays <laughs> he plays a pretty big part in the show like he's he's not in every episode but he is pretty critical in like moving the plot along like he's the one that helps the kids get the systems and start to use them he was like a like a research assistant for the disc program so he doesn't get the cool sequence but damn um he, he he is there yeah it's kind of a bummer but yeah this show was in japan a couple of years ago but they did do an english dub and it has been on a couple of the disney channels like it was on disney xd in a couple of other countries but i think now it's on disney plus oh and okay so so, so don't, don't give baby yoda any more of your time baby yoda's <laughs> out marvel discourse is in that's right the other thing that I wanted to bring up and obviously you know a little bit about this is the Toei Spider-Man. Yes. Which is from 7879, which is a show that ran a lot longer and had a lot more episodes than I was thinking when I first started watching it. Wait, hang on. Before we move into Toei Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I do just want to say that I googled Marvel Discourse and I'm looking at screen caps of it. And do you remember when the Avengers fandom was big on Tumblr and everybody talked about Captain America having the shoulder to hip ratio of a Dorito? Yeah. Thor is so broad (laughs) and then he's like an inch wide at the hip. These animators went absolutely ham. Like the Hulk's bicep just dead ass looks like a watermelon. Like this is the funniest thing I've ever looked at. Definitely anime, anime it is proportions. So anime. Also, the second, if you guys Google, just uh, go on Google and type in Marvel Disc Wars, three words. The second image to come up is an ultra handsome Hulk, and it's giving off major, like, handsome Squidward vibes. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. This, this has my recommendation. Let's dive back into Toei <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> okay, so Toei Spider Man was, again, trying to introduce the Marvel Spider-Man that we all know and love to Japanese audiences. Mm -hmm. But just like with Marvel Discourse, where they're like, okay, you know, we're going to introduce a couple of anime tropes. Same thing happened with this show where they were like, okay, this is how the show is and the character are being marketed in America. But Japanese audiences are familiar with certain tropes, certain character archetypes, certain things. We're going to make a couple of very simple, small, barely noticeable cosmetic changes to the plot line. So this is totally like it's the same Spider-Man that we know, um, just, you know, just a couple of small changes. Uh, so, for example, char- main character's name is no longer Peter Parker. It's Takuya Yamashiro. Mm-hmm. And if it was Peter Parker, that'd be wild. That would be super wild. And he's not a photographer anymore, but very similar, same vein. He's a motorcycle racer. Oh, yeah, totally yeah. same guy. Yeah, same thing, same thing. And uh, just like how Peter Parker, you know, his parents are dead and he lives with his aunt and uncle and then his uncle dies and then it's just him and his aunt and he has this very lonely existence. Takia only lives with his father and his sister and his little brother and has a steady girlfriend. Okay, very much a broken family. Yeah, it's very difficult for him. past. His girlfriend is a photographer, so they are actually able to kind of keep those same investigative journalism storylines that are really helpful to explain why a character is on the scene of a crime and stuff like that. Sure. So that was smart of them to keep that. But basically what happens is Takuya's father is a space archaeologist. I do remember that. Yeah, which is apparently a job that exists in Japan. Mm -hmm. And he's killed while investigating this crashed UFO. And 
Takuya hears about his father's death and he goes to investigate this for clues and he finds a crazy car, space car that's called Marveler. <gasps> that's it. That's what I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Space, space car. And then he ends up like falling into a hole, like a cave in the ground. And there he meets a character named Gadia, who is this like, it's really funny because they're trying to evoke the idea that he is from a very cultured, ancient society that is both learned and also fierce warriors. So he's dressed like a, ancient greek kind of okay. like like he's got he's got like a toga and all this stuff and they they show him on, on his home planet he speaks about his home planet planet spider obviously of course um and it's like this you know grecian columns and everybody's you know in togas being learned and stuff like that but he meets gadia who is the last survivor from planet spider and i think he's like the the warrior prince or whatever i thought you were and, gonna say the prime minister and my mom <laughs> was about to jump out the window <laughs> um but his planet and everyone on it was destroyed by professor monster and he wants takuya to carry out his mission of revenge and basically he's like ah yes you know i felt in your heart the same desire for revenge that i felt and so i believe that you are the person that can carry out this mission and i think also that Takuya is like wounded in the fall or something. And so in order to keep him from dying, Gadia injects him with spider blood. Okay. So there's this very like crazy close up of like what is clearly like a needle going into skin tissue and like injecting black ink or something or some kind of dye. And uh, that's what gives Takuya these spider powers. But he doesn't just give him the spider powers. He's not just like, here's some super strength, go. He gives him like a bunch of tech. So he's like, all right, you can drive Marveler now. Yeah. Now I do and- want to say that one thing, like I was waiting for us to get here. One thing that stands out to me that was the most blatant memory of watching Toei Spider-Man number one is that at some point Takuya has this bracelet and yeah. he pushes a button and the spider suit flies out of it. But it's like deflated and weird. And yeah. then it's just hung like in front of the actor's face. And then there's a close up of a zipper being zipped. Yeah. And then he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Which in my book, that counts as a transformation sequence. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. And yeah. Now, I do also want to say, just in case you want to go look this up and watch it, which I absolutely recommend. It's 24 minutes long. I just double checked it. Watch it on your lunch break at work or whatever. But just a warning, when you get to this scene, it is blatantly apparent that the man in the suit is not wearing any kind of shoes or socks. And his toes are so pronounced in the Spider-Man suit. I feel like if Spider-Man came to rescue me and I could see every single one of his toes, I no thank you, I would simply <laughs> die. I do not want to see Spider-Man's toes. But that is... Now, actual spiders have such cute little, like, paws. Like, they have paw pads, and it's really cute. But Spider-Man can keep his feet a thousand feet away from me. And that's just it. So, the transformation sequence happens. We get uncomfortably close with this man's feet. Um, and And then what happens? So, Takuya accepts this mission of revenge to kill Professor Monster, who he realizes is also responsible for his father's death. Sure. And... He leaves the cave with Marveler and also, you know, the suit. And he's got these powers, which he somehow knows how to use without any training. And um, also, Gadia goes with him. And Gadia sometimes takes the form of a spider, like mostly hangs out as a spider, like in his room and stuff like that, and Mm -hmm. kind of gives him advice. And for a while, I thought he was going to be 
like a Luna figure, yeah, you know, like yeah. Luna. And it was kind of distressing because I was watching this with my friend who has a fear of spiders. <gasps> oh no! And so we were watching this show, you know, just whatever would be happening, and then there'd be this close up of a spider. Also, they kept using different spiders. <laughs> Well, like, it was very clearly different spiders. Well, it's because, uh, Garia wants to, like, change up his look. Like, he's a I learned, so. he's a learned Grecian space Spider-Man. Of course <laughs> he wants to maybe be a Black Widow in one moment, and then a, a jumping spider in the next. Like, why not? Like, but, the, uh, unfortunately, Garia dies in the second episode. Spoilers for this 40-year-old series. Because and, someone uh, swats him in the rolled-up newspaper. <laughs> um, no, he just he just has used up all of it. I mean, he's like 400 years old. He goes into a whole thing about how time passes differently for spider people or something. Um, but he ends up dying, and so just Takuya is on his own and has to, to deal with it. And they... Boy, if only uh, he had some family to help him through this traumatic Yeah, time. if only he had a sister and, I don't know, maybe a little brother to give him, you know, that boost of confidence or something. It's really funny, though, because while he has this family unit still and and a steady, cool girlfriend and, like, a cool job, he still does not have his shit together. Like, the hallmark of Spider-Man. Like, because he starts taking on responsibilities as Spider-Man, he isn't able to make as many races and so he starts running low on cash and he has to like ask his sister for advances on his allowance because she runs the house finances and stuff like that and he's uh, just his whole family just thinks he's a total like loser and like dork and uh, it's great it's peak spider-man content yeah i honestly something that we had talked about like just in passing was that like my growing interest in spider-man is I mean, obviously a result of the show, but like I'm finding that I'm wanting to go and like research more things just like on my own and like hang out and enjoy Spider-Man. And I messaged Kat and I said, I am coming to love Spider-Man because he has his shit together 0% of the time. <laughs> like regardless of the iteration of Spider-Man, whether it's Peter or Miles or Gwen or whoever, if you are imbued with the Spider-Man powers the ability to have your shit together is traded for all of the spider abilities. It's absolutely true. The, it's... the running joke in the fandom is that all spider people through all dimensions share one brain cell. <gasps> yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> that's it. And the guy uh, who threw the paperwork in the street was not using it. No, he was not. Yeah, but the Toei Spider-Man show, like, it is a lot of fun. It's it's very campy. He does, of course, get a giant robot because you got to have giant robots. Right. I don't know. I, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be, which I which I realize is silly. Like, I thought I was going to have to slog my way through it. And mm -hmm. I was just, you know, like, watch it to say that I had watched it. But I really enjoyed going through the episodes. So it, it does come highly recommended for me. Going back to the transformation sequence idea. I'm not going to go into this a whole lot, but I did want to give a brief shout out to this moment from the end of the Secret Empire arc, which was like eh, a year or two ago. And there's a fight between Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus where Spider-Man is wearing this like very tech centric suit. Let's for the sake of argument, let's and brevity, let's just say nanomachine sun. Okay, um, sure. But you know, it's, it's held together with electric and science, yeah. right? Yes. And all this stuff. And, uh, Octavius knows how the suit works because I think he might have designed it and he has brought with him a weapon to like blast the suit and make it inactive because he's like haha I'll ruin his suit and then he won't be able to fight me and he does that and the suit just like disintegrates and falls apart 
And underneath it, Peter is wearing his old suit, just like the spandex number. Okay. And, and he's like, let's face it, I never needed anything more than this to beat you before. And it's sort of like a de-transformation transformation. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And I was just like, I love you. This, this is good. This yeah, is good content. That's that really cool. <laughs> like, something that I really enjoy, I am incredibly critical of writing particularly writing that feels like it needs to be groundbreaking just for the sake of it. And something that's really cool about most iterations of Spider-Man that I have come to research is that they're not afraid to fall back on really classic, very powerful superhero tropes, which is like internalized power. And like, I, I, my power comes from what's important. And I feel like the honesty of storytelling in a lot of Spider-Man is what makes it so popular. And, especially why it continues to be such a good IP for like children because Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, whatever, like they're all like superheroes, like they're big buff guys and they're really strong and they have cool stuff. And Spider-Man is just like a dude. He's just like a kid and he's trying to figure it out. And he's just very honest in his journey. And I don't know, like I've come to really like really gush over that about (laughs) Spider-Man. He is, he is the people's hero. Yes, very much so. The every spider, if you will. <laughs> but I would say, as far as your plot goes, that the the Toei Spider-Man, with Gaira, like, giving him ancient knowledge and bestowing power upon him and nominally giving him a transformation sequence, like, it's it's technically not a magical boy, you know, it's, it's still science, but, like, a lot of Spider-Man is based in science. There are storylines where Spider-Man interacts with magic or magic plays into it, but they're few and far between. So I felt like the Toei Spider-Man was probably about as close as we were going to get to that. Mm -hmm. But in conclusion, we will say Spider-Man was not there. He was in the neighborhood. He was in the friendly neighborhood. He was in the friendly neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) So Bandai, four kids, not four kids. Funimation. Not four kids. You guys want, you guys want to hit me up? I'm here. I got the good ideas. (laughs) <laughs> you know Shira, we brought that back cool little semi-anime Voltron we won't talk about that but it came back listen Magical Boy Spider-Man it's the next big thing we're here for it okay Zeke I'm ready to talk about the second part of the show oh my god uh, the, the second part of the show that you wouldn't talk about in the first part of the show <laughs> um, the second part of the show is called Two Truths and a Fic And I have scoured the internet to find an original plot or fan fiction that somebody else has written. And I've also brought to the table two canon storylines that Spider-Man has featured in. And I'm going to give them to Zeke. And Zeke has to try and figure out which of these are actual media that Marvel or Marvel-adjacent publishers have put out and which of these is a fan production. Now, I do want to say that I am abysmal at this game. We have played it twice and I have lost twice. So even if I win this week, I'm still on a losing streak. But we will see. I feel like I feel like I'm so in the zone for this one. You can't like I'm here. Don't stop me now. I can't. I have moved all of my my preconceived spider notions out of the way. So hit me with it. All right. Here's our first one. Okay. After Miles Morales allows the Hobgoblin to escape with a molecular transmitter. S.H.I.E.L.D. sends him after the villain all the way to Japan. 
After suffering a little culture shock, he eventually makes a name for himself amongst the locals as a hero, as well as a mysterious friend. Okay, I like that one. I like Miles. All right, here's number two. While seeking vengeance against the yokai who killed his parents, Izumi inadvertently causes his uncle Masaru to die at the demon's hands. He must now journey to rescue his captured aunt and contain the rage within him, lest he become one of the very monsters he seeks to destroy. Okay, but he's Spider-Man still? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Spiders play into it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, last one. Yes. Spider-Man has gone missing leaving only a discarded suit and the unprotected city streets behind. With nothing but a talent for rock climbing, a borrowed costume, and a set of web shooters, it is up to you to save the day and solve the mystery of what happened to the real Spidey. <gasps> Wait, that's like a reader insert? Oh, I like that. I think, okay. So, Miles Morales goes to Japan. Looking for the Hobgoblin. Looking for the Hobgoblin. Yokai Watch Spider-Man Edition. And... Uh, choose your own adventure spider-man japan um oh damn this is hard damn you're so good at this you always get ones that i'm like oh what the hell okay <laughs> okay i think the choose your own adventure is like is uh is definitely like a comic ip of some kind if i was a comic writer i would do that choose your own adventure seems like it would bring kids in so that one i think is canon and I think that the yokai one is also canon. I think that the Miles Morales adventure in Japan is the fanfic. And only because Into the Spider-Verse was so big and so many people were taken with Miles. And I don't know if he's like a newer character, but I definitely feel like if someone was going to write a fanfiction they would write it about Miles because he was he's just so charming and so fun to write. So that's my final answer. Final answer. Yes. You got it right? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow! So I'll talk about the fanfic first. Sure. Um, so that story is called Spider Repellent. Uh, the author is Rolling Star Shock. And I had to be really choosy about this because okay. and, and about how I summarized it because this is actually a... Spider-Man Boku no Hero crossover thing. <laughs> wow! I would never have guessed. Um, it was a little tricky to find, actually to find a fan fiction that had anything to do with Japan. Sure. Um, like, at first I started going down the path of like, oh, maybe if I look up Penny Parker fan fiction, I'll find something. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a dead end because I felt like a lot of the fan fiction were like, oh, the spider people have a movie night and it's really great. And I'm like, that's cute and fluffy, but... Like, no one would ever write that as a comic. Sure. Like, it's very clearly a fanfic. But, yeah, a uh, surprising lack of, like, ninja AUs or samurai AUs for Spider-Man. So, hey, um... Naruto fandom, where y'all at? Yeah. Yeah, Come where's... On. Where's my samurai shampoo Spider-Man? My Spider-Man shampoo? <laughs> where's my Spider-Man shampoo? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this was this was like a short one chapter fic, and yeah, he goes to Japan and is bad at it, and then he gets better at it. Uh, it was pretty cute, but the other two are are both titles that I'm very excited about. Okay, I'm um, very excited to hear about them because when you when you were talking about them, I was like, oh man. So the second one, the one with the yokai, is from a mini series called Spider Man Fairy Tales. So this is Spider-Man Fairy Tales number three, uh, written by C.B. Sebelski, 
And the art for every issue is a little bit different. The artist for this one is Kei Kobayashi. So it does have this like Japanese painterly traditional art kind of style to it. It's very cool to look at. Like I was really taken by the artwork when I first saw it. And uh, the Spider-Man fairy tale series, each issue is a completely different story. So the first one is kind of a Red Riding Hood story. The second one is an Anansi spider myth. And then this one um, is about Japanese spirits and yokai. And I would say that this characterization of the Spider-Man character is maybe more similar to the early characterization of Spider-Man, where you have a lot more focus on his anger and his rage. He's very upset about his parents' death and then eventually his uncle's death. And like he wants to go and fight these monsters, but he's in danger of letting that rage consume him. And so in the climactic battle that he's having where he's trying to fight these monsters and save his aunt, he slowly starts transforming into this spider yokai. And it's freaking cool. The artwork is just amazing. And the yokai are taunting him and teasing him. The venom creature is terrifying and it's taunting and teasing him the whole time you know saying that even if he kills him then he'll still be a monster and so it doesn't even matter because they've won anyways oh and my God. it's only his aunt who's talking to him and telling him you know remember who you are that he's able to contain his rage and he ends up like leaving the yokai pinned down and trapped and leaving with his aunt and what i really love about this and why i someone please write fan fiction about this um is that at the end of the issue he's still like touched by the spirit world and by the yokai so his hair has gone white and his skin has turned red and he he has this faint spider pattern on his skin but he still looks mostly human like he was going full spider monster before um so it's kind of like the spider suit is a part of him and so then the issue ends with this sort of open-ended verse about the the red-skinned boy or something like that which sort of sounds like it's leading into like it's a prologue leading into more stories which i would absolutely read and someone if you write any of these stories please at me at was spidey there at twitter or gmail <laughs> yeah we please contact us we're we're absolutely frothing over you can watch spider-man edition but yeah it's it's really cool and uh that was something specific that i had like on my christmas list and i was really excited to get it so i could drool all over it the other one okay i kind of led you down a mistaken path on this uh it's not y-o-u it's y-u-u you the name damn but you did that on purpose though i I did a little bit Ah. (laughs) um and that title oh this is another one that i'm so excited to talk about is spider-man fake red okay Uh, not spider-man code red not spider-man code red not spider-man gamer fuel uh (laughs) spider-man fake red by yusuke osawa and this is a really recent title uh that came out in japan it's a shonen jump manga so, like, right up there with your Boku no Hero and your Borutos or whatever is this Spider-Man story, which is an original story. And it does seem to take place in New York, even though it's still a Japanese story, Japanese manga in, in Japanese. I was lucky enough to grab the first published volume of it uh, because I read, like, the first couple of chapters online and I was like, ah, I need to support the author. Like, I want to see more of this. And hopefully maybe there will be an Amer- American English language publication of it but it's really cool they've introduced this new character you and it does reuse a lot of the characters you're familiar with um you know obviously 
Peter Parker Spider-Man is a part of the story. He's somewhere out there. We do see Silk, who we talked about in the last issue. One of the villains, because obviously Yu is a very inexperienced Spider-Man. A lot of the manga deals with him. He's just a kid. Like, he's just a high school kid, and he doesn't have powers. Mm -hmm. And he's still trying to save the day and kind of hold down the fort while he figures out what the hell happened to the real Spider-Man. So obviously the stakes are a little bit lower with the villains he's fighting. Like the first thing he does is save people from a burning building and he almost dies. And then later on he fights Screwball, who again, I think maybe newer fans might recognize from the PS4 game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. The artwork is great. It's funny. It handles its topics really well. And I'm a super big fan. It has a, a pretty strong following in Japan, but it's definitely one of those things where like the continued life of the series is kind of based on readership and how the book does. And so I would love to say like anybody who's listening to this, if you think this sounds cool and you'd want to support it, if you go to the Japanese Shonen Jump page and click on the title and click through a couple of issues, like that helps bump up the readership numbers. So I'm just going to give that little plug to Spider-Man Fake Red because it's awesome. Please, yeah, definitely like something that we try to do is to like obviously at the end of the episodes we always read off the editions but like please 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 go look into these the fanfic authors i know we talked about um but like go support them but definitely things like this like if the stories that we're talking about are things that you enjoy go support that because that's how more stories get told in this vein in the like way that you that you enjoy things like i know like like usually Kat and I will talk about something and I'll be like, oh, that's dope. And then I'll like Google it or whatever. But like, I am literally on eBay right now trying to buy <laughs> Spider-Man fairy tales. <laughs> like, like to please like, definitely like Kat said, just go on the Shonen Jump page and support that because um, people are really pouring their hearts into retelling like these, these yeah. very cool Spider-Man stories. This is very clearly a labor of love and, I would love to see it get an English release, especially because a lot of time when people ask me questions about comic books or about Spider-Man, one of the first things they say is, I don't know where to start. I, don't, I you know, I want to read these comics, but but there's 12 different titles and their events and their crossovers and something like this where it's a manga where it's one story and you can read it from beginning to end and you don't have to read other issues of something else is, I think, something that a lot of people would really enjoy if it came here. Absolutely. Well, I am, I'm thrilled to have gotten it right this week. I see, <laughs> I told you, I put all my Spider-Man predilections away, and I said, I gotta just have an open mind for this one. You get a sticker, I get to put a sticker on the notebook for you. I'm so excited. Is it this, <laughs> is it the Spider-Man Sum Sum? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah, I've been thinking about that since last week. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much, Tat, for um, doing such cool research. I know it was super hard for you because you're not into, like, Japan or anime yeah, at all. Yeah, it was, it was a struggle. Um, but I really, <laughs> I really appreciate you slogging through that. Last thing I will ask of you, do you have a cool Spider-Man uh, fact or tidbit for us this week? I do. I do. I have a fun one. So we already talked a lot about Toei Spider-Man. Yes. And we talked about his awesome transformation sequence and all the cool gadgets he has including his giant robot, Leopardon, because leopard robot. Yeah, because um, you know, he's spiders and leopards. Right. Everyone knows in Japan, spiders and leopards. Best friends. Yeah, best friends. <laughs> Something that's funny about that show is they put the robot in to appeal to younger audiences that are kind of expecting that sort of thing. 
And then they shot the sequences of the first 10 episodes. And then the the Apartheid suit went missing. You what? can't see you can't see what I'm doing air quotes right now. And for the rest of the series, which the show ran for like 50 or so episodes. Uh-huh. They just had to use the footage they had from before. No. So so for like the bulk of the show, it's just Leopard on like it's the stock footage of Leopard on like flying and landing and like you never see him actually hitting the monster of the day. And I say lost because that's what I read first was that oh they lost the suit. I'm like how do you lose a giant robot suit? But it sounds like somebody um maybe like lost it like in a poker game or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 like it didn't just get misplaced. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a whole mech suit that you put a guy in like, a, yeah, that would be like if, uh, one day someone came up to Steven Spielberg and they were like, Hey, let's see Rex. We lost it. We don't know. We don't know where she is. Yeah. It's not like you leave it at the dry cleaners or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. If you are out there and you have the Leopard on suit, we will buy it from you. <laughs> Dead ass. It's down. Like we won't, we won't call the cops. We're not cops. Just like, listen, we're into collecting. Just let us know. It's Just, art. It belongs to the world. <laughs> yeah. But mostly in our house. <laughs> By which I mean, like, King Solomon, we will cut it down the middle, and one half will go into Cat's home, and the legs will go in my home. <laughs> because it doesn't have as much emotional value to me. And people will come in my home and go, what are those legs? And I'll go, boy, do I have a story for you. Do you like Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, so if you have the Leopard on suit, if you uh, work for any anime company, uh, or if you just really like our show, you can hit us up on Twitter, Gmail. We are at was Spidey there on Twitter, and we're was Spidey there at gmail.com. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Kat, for all your hard work and dedication. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> again, let us know if you have that suit, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hey, Spider Pals, it's Zeke. If you enjoyed the shows and comics that we discussed in this week's episode, here's where you can check them out. They are Marvel Disc Wars Avengers. That's the anime. Toei Spider-Man. That's the live action show. The two comics we referenced this week were Spider-Man Fairy Tales number three and Spider-Man Fake Red. This week's featured fan fiction was Spider Repellent by Rolling Star Shock. That's all one word. See you next week.